Welcome back. We're we're back. What is this week? Week four, four. I think. Nice. Four. We're making progress. We're, that's a whole month. We're really going at it. <laughs> um, I'm your host Preston Moore. I'm joined by my co-host Raymond Venuya, as always. Um, welcome back to Post Credit. We are excited to have you today. Last week we talked all about Spider-Man. We talked about Spider-Man: Far From Home, and then we talked about every other Spider-Man and even Venom a little bit. We talked all about Spider-Man and nothing really happened since then in cinema. So we decided that this week would be a good week to fresh off Far From Home to review, not review, but to rank the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this this episode is just going to be us going back and forth, ranking all 23 movies that Marvel Studios has produced since 2008 at the beginning with Iron Man. So, that being said, is there anything you want to say before we get started, Raymond? Be prepared for some flaming hot takes over here, because I know already we're going to have some disagreements once we get to the top 10. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we might as well. So, the one thing I want to say before we get started, um, as it is a movie podcast, I feel like I should talk about... The new movie that I saw this week, I saw Stuber with mm-hmm. Dave Bautista and Kumail Nanjiani. Um, and if I were to, since I'm gonna, I don't have a whole lot of time to talk about it. I'm just gonna say it wasn't very good. Oh. I would not recommend it. Uh, that's all I'll say about oh, it. Man. Uh, if you wanna, if you if you wanna know more about it, anybody that's listening or Raymond, if y'all wanna talk to me about it, hit me up. It's not a very good movie. That being said. Let's get started um, with our entire MCU. So, I'll have you go first, Raymond. Starting at number 23, what is your 23rd best movie in the MCU? Well, that's one way to put it. The 23rd best out of 23. <laughs> but Well, they're all so good. I mean, well, they're not all so uh, good. Not, but uh, that's like the last none of them are debatable. None of them are... None of them are downright terrible. I'll say that. None of them are fantastic. So. so you know, it, yeah, that's, no, that's nothing. Something. Marvel's never, never, never reached that that low. So, so we'll say twenty third best. <laughs> All right, my twenty third best is Thor: The Dark World. I mean, there's not really much to say about it. I mean, yeah, I I can't really enjoy this movie. I mean. From Natalie Portman's character, I really feel bad for her because she's such a talented actress and she got put into that role. And with the villain, it's just kinda it just kinda happens. Like it's really one of those movies where you kinda get to the end and it's just like that really that kinda just happened. And nothing actually happened at all. But I think the most redeeming part of the movie is the post credit scene when they bring the the Infinity Stone to the collector, because it's like, oh, okay, it ties in later. But to be fair, yeah, it's nowhere. And even though it's twenty, the twenty third best, it's nowhere near Fan Four Stick. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. It's I. So my twenty, my twenty third, on the list, is, uh, the Incredible Hulk, which, a lot of people think it's just like not even a part of marvel Mm -hmm. because of the whole recasting thing and like the only character from that movie that was that ever showed up in a in a in a later movie Mm -hmm. was general ross yeah so like a lot of people don't even care about it at all 
personally, it was the only Marvel movie I hadn't watched uh, until I I did a, a big rewatch of all of them before Infinity War came out. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm basing most of my rankings because I've I've seen them in the past like year. But Incredible Hulk is my last one. I think the CGI is bad, uh, whereas like the CGI. <clears throat> excuse me cgi and the special effects in like iron man which came out that exact yeah, same year that same still year. holds up yeah incredible hulk cgi does not at all uh, i think the acting is pretty bad too and abomination as the villain is not not good either um one thing that i would have liked to see that i have not seen in a movie because mm-hmm. this is the only hulk film i've seen i know they made like there was one in two thousand three or something. With Eric Bonner, I don't know. Yeah. Right. I haven't watched any of them. The only the only Hulk movie based on Hulk that I've seen is this one. So I would be really interested to see like the Hulk's origin, like how he gets involved with the gamma rays and his experiments, and then he becomes the Hulk, mm-hmm. like for the first time. I would really like to see that. But in this movie, they show that through a montage just real quick. Yeah. And you don't really get to see that progression. You just see you see it happen in a montage. And then when it jumps into the story, he's, like, been the Hulk for a while now and trying to keep himself secret. And I was yeah. like, what the heck? Yeah. Because that would be – that's a cool thing. You know, that's a cool thing. That's a really cool origin story as far as origins go, I feel like. No, yeah, you know. I feel like they definitely missed out on that. And I felt like that's why, too, it was kind of weird when I rewatched through uh, the MCU to get to Infinity War. That's why I kind of forgot that this was part of the MCU because it didn't even feel like it. But then, yeah, because I felt like, oh, was this just a sequel to the Eric Bono one? I was kind of confused on that one. But because yeah. that one, you do get the origin. And even though I don't think that movie is really it's not really good either. At least it was nice to see yeah. the origin and to see him go through that mental, I guess, challenge to be from, you know, being this normal scientist to becoming this green rage monster. I thought it was at least interesting to see and it made the movie worth watching for the most part, at least. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. For I mean, sure. for me, that's my number 22 is actually the Incredible All Hulk. Right. Okay, there we go. Yeah, Getting right into it. So it was perfect. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. You've said most of the things that there are to say about the movie. I mean, yeah, the acting isn't the greatest, and that's not a knock on Edward Norton Jr. either, because I know he's a good actor. It's just, hey, sometimes we just don't strike, you know? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, and yeah, the CGI for it's crazy to think that that came out the same year as Iron Man, and that the right? abomination when Iron like Man that. is still. <laughs> Yeah, Abomination looked bad. There are some scenes in which Hulk looks pretty good. But for the most part, I don't think he looks very good. Some scenes it's like, okay, yeah, that was dope. But like Abomination just looks terrible. He looks like an Abomination. Yeah, I mean, that came straight out of a PS2, so I don't know what happened there. (laughs) Maybe that's what they wanted. They wanted Abomination to look like an Abomination. (laughs) And That fits. What is your number 22? My number 22 is Thor 1. Um, I, and well, I'll talk a little bit more about this whenever I get to Thor 2 on my rankings, Mm -hmm. but I think they're really close. Um, They both go for the same Shakespearean take on Thor, Mm -hmm. where super dramatic and very, 
I don't have the right words to describe it. You know what I'm saying, though? Yes. It's very Shakespearean drama is what it feels like, I feel like. And I think it just doesn't work. I don't think most people don't think it works, obviously. But I think it really doesn't work in the first Thor. I think the CGI is downright awful. I think the CGI is worse than in The Incredible Hulk. The Hulk. Yeah, but even then, when you look at the story, the villain is... It's a little confusing because I feel like the villain in that movie is the the destroyer or whatever. Yeah, that, the, that machine that thing metal that like, thing. shoots fire yeah. from its face. Yeah. Yeah, that was terrible. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah. And every Earth character, every character that lived on Earth was bad in that movie. <laughs> every single one. And that sucked. Like, I would say, like, maybe Dr. Eric Selvig was the best one. But that might just be me being influenced by his appearances in later MCU movies. Yeah, it's one of those where things. Where he was a better like, character. You because know? he is Like, he showed up in Avengers on. and he was better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I I don't... It's not very good. What's what's yours? Or, moving on the list, what's your number 21? See, we're right in the ballpark here. It's Thor 1. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, fl- we're going pretty well. If we can keep this up, it'll be a nice, fluent podcast. That won't be any fun. We are, I already know you, man. I know that there is no way we keep, keep this pace. But no, no, it's not. I think that I enjoyed the mythology in Thor 1. I think I know it's so weird to think about, but my favorite scene, and I feel like for me the most memorable scene, is when Thor starts to teach Jane about how all the worlds are connected and how Asgard like watches over them. And was it like the Nine Realms, something like that? I thought that was a really fun scene just because, one, it is a lot of universe building because that is something that we start to see later on in the MCU. But, yeah, yeah, for me, it's just that they really wasted, I feel like. I mean, Loki ends up, you know, becoming the best, one of the best villains, at least, in the franchise. And his, I feel like that's another thing, like his character's redeemed by the Avengers. But at least in Thor, I felt like, yeah, we probably should have seen more Loki because that Destroyer thing, yeah, it was just not working for me. And then, yeah, uh, there was just that scene when he's going into the base to try to get his hammer back. And and before that, everyone's like playing the game, trying to lift the hammer. Uh, I feel like we yeah. spent a lot of time there just talking about the hammer. And yeah. I was like, you know, we could have we, we could have sped through this a little bit quicker. <laughs> right. And then the end, I felt like was still it, it at least ends well. You know, it gives you a nice epic yeah. feeling. She's looking for him and he's going to come back. But aside from that there isn't really much i'd say i really enjoy about the movie but i do and uh the one thing that i will say about thor though i after watching thor one i became a giant fan of idris elba's character heimdall yeah i, I don't know why yeah, i think i, I, I do just like really heimdall. Loved, loved heimdall after that movie and you know what he's not an earth character because the earth characters in these movies are bad i, I don't know what That's they did they yeah, exactly i don't know what they did to them but moving they're just, on they're just poor characters they're poorly written <laughs> Uh, my number 21 is Thor the Dark World. Ah. I, yeah, I think this movie is just a hair above the first Thor. And I'll tell you why. So, clearly they didn't learn from the mistakes of Thor 1. <laughs> they basically were like, hey, let's take this exact same movie and make it again, but with a worse villain, you know? And, you know, Malekith is known as, like, the worst. They even poke fun at it in Endgame how bad that movie is like thor makes fun of that story and i thought that was hilarious in endgame 
but um <clears throat> i the thing that puts it over the top for me this movie is there are a couple and just just a couple but thor one has zero but there are just a couple moments in this movie that are some of the most memorable in the mcu in my opinion mm-hmm. some that like you remember you know i like when he's fighting and he beats everybody up and then he's like anyone else like i really like that moment that's just one small little quip but i really like it mm-hmm. um and then of course there's an infinity stone in it so there's a lot that i remembered from that and i think a lot of those scenes were entertaining at the very least and then um the scene with loki in the in the dungeon where yes. he's like yeah i like that scene a lot as well so for me it's it's really just like the only thing that barely pushes it over the first thor mm-hmm. is these these memorable moments here and there but even then they're hardly anything you no, know it's definitely. they're just so close they're i would say those two movies are almost interchangeable for me but moving on uh what's your number 20 uh, one last thing about the original Thor. The one thing for me oh, yeah. that really got uh, that put it over the dark world for me was that last scene where he's about to go fight the destroyer thing without his hammer. I was like, you know, that is very bold of you. And that was a very cool scene, whether or not, you know, yeah. like the, it worked for the whole movie. But just at least in that moment, I was like, you know, that was that was an epic scene. But OK, my yeah. 20th. So here's where we here's like my my line. So fair warning, everything every movie beyond this i don't think is really bad you know i just think it's hard to throw them up against all the other movies when you really yeah. try to rank them but for me it's ant-man and the wasp i felt like yeah i felt like it regressed from the first ant-man because the first ant-man was was really fun and it was at least interesting to see that relationship between him and his daughter and everything that's going on definitely with him. but then with ant-man and the wasp it was like okay so we're setting the tone we're gonna bring we're trying to bring back Jane, right? From, or I was Janet, my bad. From that, <laughs> Jane Foster. This, I wish we could bring her back into the MCU, but <laughs> okay, yeah. So they're trying to bring back Janet, but then there's the whole ghost storyline, and for me, it was just like we really could have done the entire movie with more stakes without the ghost storyline. It felt yeah. for me at least, it just felt like it really didn't add much. And then, of course, the way it ends, I feel like we kind of just don't see her again. And maybe in a third Ant-Man movie, they'll go back to it. But And then in Endgame, we don't see her again. So I'm just like, oh, so did she just, did she just die? Or did she just disappear? Yeah. Did she get snapped? Like, I don't know. I just felt like so much time was spent on her character. And I felt like she had something good going for her character, too. It's just that it just never got to be panned out. So that's my thing with Ant-Man and the Lost. But aside from that, I really do enjoy Paul Rudd. And I really do enjoy their team up but there's not much for me beyond that it's like i said it's not bad it's just that there's just parts of it that are really unnecessary so yeah going on what's your number 20 yeah i have plenty of thoughts on ant-man and the wasp and i'll get i'll get to that whenever i get there um but my number 20 and i want to say the exact same thing you did every movie from here on out uh i think those bottom three are pretty bad but I would say every movie from here on out is good in some way. I wouldn't yeah, say like, they're all I could, great. I could watch it again. I think some are kind of like 
below average or Mm -hmm. disappointing, you know, at the least, but none of them are bad. So my number 20 is Iron Man 2. Um, And I want to, I want to preface that by saying, I think this movie is very underrated because a lot of people think it's straight up bad. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't put it, it's nowhere near those Thor movies or the Incredible Hulk for Mm -hmm. me. Like it's, it's nowhere near. It's, it's just the leap, the, the giant gap in between for me, the giant gap in between Thor, the dark world and Iron Man two, it's -hmm. really big. And they're still like right next to each other in my rankings, but there's a lot of space between them and every other movie, you know? So I would say Iron Man two is my number 20 because I don't think it's great. Um, whiplash, Ivan Vanko, he's bad. He's just a really bad villain. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any way around that, but Tony's character arc in this movie Mm -hmm. is spectacular. I mean, you go through, he deals with depression and all this stuff and he, he gets back into like alcoholism and stuff like that. And it deals with these heavy issues and he, his arc throughout the film is really, really, really good. Like it's great, but it's just surrounded by a lot of things that are not very great. So I would say his character arc definitely carries the film, but it doesn't make the film good, you know? Interesting. Or it doesn't, it doesn't make the film great. You know, it's still, it's not enough to, to push it up on a higher level than some of these other ones. That's interesting. I mean, I'll have my thoughts on Iron Man 2 once I get to it in my ranking, but okay. I could see where you're coming yeah. from on that one. So let's go to number 19. What's so your 19? 19 for me is actually Iron Man <laughs> 3. I okay. Just, yeah, I actually, that's how I was kind of ca- huh. caught off guard. I was like, I actually like Iron Man 2 a lot more than I like Iron Man 3. I think for me with Iron Man 3, it yeah? was, I don't know, I think for for the, the <laughs> one thing that sticks out to me is just I felt like that ending we had was a little... I wouldn't say cheated, but I felt like that was like, oh, that's kind of it. When Pepper falls off and you think, oh my God, she just died. But you know, part of that, you know, she does, you know, she didn't die. There's just something about that. I can't explain it about if it's just instinct or if it's just because that's how some of these movies go. You know, there's no way they could just kill a main character off like in that way. You know, I mean, because it wasn't very dramatic to say the least. And then she just falls off and that's kind of that and she comes yeah. back and then she hits the guy with like the the steel thing and i was just like oh okay like I it just for me it just felt really out of place in a way it's kind of like we had this build up you know and tony once again I, that's the one thing i will say about the iron man movies they really do push his character through everything and that's like the thing i liked about this movie yeah but for the most part that's kind of it i just like it's another one of those things oh and then of course the mandarin was kind of a gut punch i was just like wow i was i was i was expecting a lot more but for me whether you know people agree or disagree with that i just i i didn't like it but that's my that's my thing so what's your number 19 my number 19 is ant-man and the wasp uh a lot of people love this movie it's like certified fresh on rotten tomatoes and i was like what why (laughs) i mean 
it's not bad it's fun it's a lot of fun <clears throat> it's just lighthearted fun and that's all it is you know mm-hmm. i think i think the performances are good between you know paul rudd evangeline lily and then hannah john Kamen, the girl who plays ghost like yeah. she had a solid can- character but sometimes the story in this movie just stagnates it just mm-hmm. kind of stalls and then my other thing is they had a really good thing going with this criminal side of scott lang and this like he's he's really smart and he shows it off in ant-man in the first ant-man you know how he he's a he's a burglar and he he's really good at it and he's good at problem solving and he does that a lot in the first movie he is kind of a funny guy you know he kind of messes around and jokes around a lot Mm -hmm. he's a funny character but when it comes down to it he's really smart and he can problem solve but in this movie he was almost reduced to a punchline he was just the butt of a joke he was just dumb yeah the whole movie like he was there for hope van dyne to like make fun of him no i mean that's, that's pretty accurate like outsmart him and that that was that was frustrating to me because yeah she is stronger than him and a lot more capable than him in a lot of ways in the first ant-man but at the same time he has a lot of redeeming qualities that make him a strong character you know and a strong hero and he loses all of them in this in this movie and that 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 bummed me out and you could tell it was directed by two different people and done or it wasn't directed by two different people but edgar wright was heavily involved in the process of ant-man one mm-hmm. before he dropped out so you know i could see where that came into play how ant-man one was a movie that peyton reed the director in the end he kind of adopted mm-hmm. and finished or kind of like he came in and was like okay i'm gonna work on this stuff that other people started for me and then ant-man and the wasp it was kind of just like peyton reed's fully peyton reed's movie and I didn't like his take on it as much. But that's my number 19. Uh, let's jump to 18. 18. What's your number 18? So my 18 is Avengers Age of Ultron. I just felt like okay. it was just a stepping stone movie because it was a lot of world building, especially with that sequence from Scarlet Witch. And then she go, she gets into their heads and you kind of we spend a lot of time with this universe building and, you know, foreshadowing what's going to happen next to them in their individual story arcs. And for me, that's what it is. And then, of course, you get introduced to Claw, and I felt like we also did, in my opinion, waste a character. We know with Quicksilver, I just thought, wow, you you guys created a good character. He's a cool character, and then that's just kind of how it ends. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because I thought for how it for how his character died in the in the movie, it made sense. But at the yeah. same time, it sucks to see a character get built up just for him to die, and that's kind of it. But aside from that, I thought Ultron was kind of, it was almost like, it's not that he was a bad villain. It's just, it was almost cliche. It was just, what's the solution for every AI? Destroy humanity. (laughs) All right. Well, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I felt like for me, that's the only reason is down there. It's It's not that it's a bad movie. I think a lot of people give it unnecessary hate. But for me, that's just where it falls. But what's your 18, right? Yeah, 18. You're not going to like this at all. Oh, man. And uh, I don't think most of the people who are listening are not going to like this. But I And I wish that it wasn't this way. But my number 18 is Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, man. (laughs) I, I'm very sorry. (laughs) I, I want it, I want it to be higher. 
I really do. I wanted to like it so much more than I did. You know, we spent an hour talking about this last week, so I'll keep it short. But mm-hmm. if you listen to last week, you'll know that I did not love it. I like it. I just don't love it. And, you know, I have some problems with it. I think it has a lot of the problems that Ant-Man and the Wasp has, where it's just lighthearted fun and doesn't doesn't allow itself to get deep enough mm-hmm. for me. Um, and that that was sad to me. And... <clears throat> how it also took a lot of things from infinity war and Endgame and trivialized them and reduced them to jokes that let me down uh we've talked about that plenty but yeah number 18 for me is spider-man far from home i wanted that movie to be in the top five and i anticipated it to be but but it wasn't so gotcha yeah okay moving on 17 after sorry about that i know you God. probably are not i mean i'm gonna go off i'm excited to get to far from home now but i'm yeah. just like wow okay really i'll, I'll wait for we'll that wait for far? you to get there let's we'll wait for you to get there i will we'll wait number 17 uh for me is is captain marvel i felt like okay the cinematography for this one is really what killed it for me and i just it's really hard to watch like it feels like it's another one of those movies where it just feels like it's happening and they could have done a lot more especially with like the space scenes and especially for what her character is i felt like they missed a lot of opportunities at least cinematically to make that movie look a lot better and then yeah for a while i agree with that i think it could have been a lot yeah they could have improved there and for me that's like what it that's what it comes down to because when you're at least for me like ranking through these other movies the thing about them is that they all have pretty decent scripts at least up until you know get to the top 10 because the top 10 of course those are really great scripts but then so the captain marvel i didn't really have an issue with the script the story worked with the scrolls and the kree and how it twists at the end you're just like oh okay that makes sense and how she finds out about everything it's like okay cool but that's all there is to it so for me it's just like there wasn't a big moment that I can say in this movie defined the movie for me or the character or brings her to another height of her character, if that really? makes sense. Not at least really? in, well, not stacked against the other movies that I have left. Kinda, okay. yeah. And I mean okay. that like I said, uh, it's like I'd still give the movie probably like a B or a B plus. Yeah. It's just that stuck like when you stick it against, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, Ant Man even, Doctor Strange, it's just it's really hard to bridge the gap from the from beginning to end to see her character change because when you watch these other characters change on screen you can really feel it and you can really see it i feel like at least in a way where it's more where what's what's the word i'm looking for i guess it's just a bigger jump and in a good way and i felt like that that's why for me i had to be nitpicky and it's just i had to go right that's the one thing that killed it for me. It's hard to watch the movie like physically because of the cinematography yeah. in it. That's how Spider-Man far from home is me. It's hard for me to watch it because it takes a character I love and does a lot of things that I don't like. So I, I understand that feeling of watching a movie and, and it you watch it and you're like, this sucks. Like this is sad. It's hard to do this, you know? Yeah. Cause it's, I it's just that. a giant missed opportunity. And I was like, it's okay. I mean, she has, yeah. she's going to have another movie and I'm sure it's going to be a hundred percent better, but and there are plenty of movies like that. Um, 
For sure. So let's move on. My number 17 is Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. Now, this movie is good. I would say all the movies that I put, well, not even that. This is, this is a movie that's, that's really, really solid. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that I'm at number 17 and I'm saying it's really solid. 17 out of 23. But it is. I really like it. Um, it's very much a war film and it feels like it. Mm-hmm. The second act is kind of meh, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I think it loses itself for the second act. But the first, the first and the third act gets off to a strong start and it finishes very strong as well. So I... I really, you know, I love Steve Rogers' character. Mm-hmm. Chris Evans is incredible. He is perfect casting for the role. And the way they develop it is just adorably pure, you know. Yeah. Um, Red Skull is a solid villain. He's very menacing, I feel like. And that the ending, it, the ending seals the deal. Like, with him going in the ice and on the radio with Peggy, like, ugh. no i feel you it hurts it hurts that is sad that is so sad that moment is just heartbreaking and of course in retrospect now that we've seen endgame we know that it's okay but um it's 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 still it's a really sad moment but let's move on what's your number 16 captain america the first avenger hey see i that's why i completely agree with you for me the only other thing i have to tack on there is it's funny when we talk about character progression right that's obviously the main thing with storytelling it's you want to get as far away from the beginning once you're at the end because that's how they change with that's what i find so interesting about captain america is that he's kind of the same from beginning to end but the way they portray that it's like all right well to what extreme is he willing to go because you know, yeah. the, the change is obviously yeah. the physical, right? But then it really just is a true testament to his character that, oh, he is really willing to be the guy to jump on the bomb and save everybody, no matter what it's, no matter what the cost is. And I think for yeah. me, that was what was really beautiful about that movie. And that's it's something that really only works for Captain America because, yeah, it's like if he had kept Iron Man the same from the beginning of his movie to the end of his movie, we'd be like, well, there isn't, we learned nothing here. But with Cap, at least, I feel like that's the one time it works. And because I feel like a big part of that is the war theme. Because that's, in the, in that genre, you can have that, no, I'm a hero. And I'm going to, sh- and like the story is, what's my heroic act? That shows, that proves to himself, too, that he is who, he's, who he thinks and says he is, you know? So, yeah, for me, for that's, sure. that's where I clock in at 16, is Captain America. Yeah, for sure. My number 16 is Doctor Strange. I think this is a good movie, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a hair better than Captain America, the first mm-hmm. Avenger. Um, the pacing is not very good. The villain is pretty bad. Both Kaecilius and Dormammu, both of those characters are... I mean, Dormammu is, like, really cool, but at the same time, he's just, like, not very much a character, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't think Kaecilius was very good either. Um, but Benedict Cumberbatch absolutely killed it. I loved him in this movie. I'm very hyped for Doctor Strange 2. And all the things that it brings in uh, on top of, you know, all the stuff that they they started. And the visual effects are stunning, you know. 
Mm-hmm. The only thing in the MCU that's comparable in terms of mind-boggling visual effects is that Mysterio sequence in Far From Home. Because both of those, like, it's just unbelievable. And Doctor Strange has, like, it's like that, but almost an entire movie of it. You know, and they, they employ it so many times. No, definitely. So, I really, really like Doctor Strange. I think visual effects and cinematography are great in this movie. But yeah, that's my that's my number 16. Mm-hmm. What is your number 15? 15 for me is Iron Man 2. So with this okay. one, yeah, you're right. The villain is really bad. However, I think this is another one of those things where, Tony, for at least for me, it did work for Tony carrying the film. Because, yeah, to see him go through depression, alcoholism was just, it was really emotional, especially for his character. And then I do like, in this is one of the cases where I'll enjoy it, I do like the universe building, you know, with Scarlett Johansson's character coming in in this one. And then, I, and then of yeah. course, uh, Rhodey taking the suit. And I thought that was one of the best scenes in that movie was when Rhodey finally takes the suit from him. He's like, give me the suit, you know, and they have that fight in his house. Because for him to get to yeah. reach that level... And I thought that this one, too, the issue of when he comes in in the beginning, right? And he's like, I've brought world peace. You know, it's like, what more do you want from me? And they're like, oh, we'll surrender the suit so we can make more. It's like, no, I mean, it's a very similar argument to Civil War. You know, and it's like, Uh and I'll touch up on that more. But I felt like it is another one of those things where in the bigger picture of the MCU, it really just shows how much more Tony is changing as he goes. And, of course, I love the action scenes at the end. I thought that was one of my favorite action scenes, actually, from the MCU, is watching him and Rhodey blast through all those basically droids. But for me... For sure. Yeah, that's where Iron Man 2 lands at 15. What about you? My number 15 is Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, I like this movie a lot. I, I don't think it's very bad. I think it is very entertaining. It's, it's a very likable movie. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, uh, I think a favorite movie and a good movie are very different things. Yes. And I think I could see Age of Ultron being my favorite movie before I could see it being a very good movie, if that makes sense. No, that's completely because fair. Because you sit down and watch this and you're going to have fun. It's very enjoyable to watch. The action is great. Um, it's really, it keeps you on the edge of your seat, I feel like. That being said, I think there are certain plot lines uh, and just flaws in the script in terms of, you know, the way they wrote Ultron, where he's cracking jokes. I would have liked him to be a little bit more serious, Mm -hmm. uh, which makes me glad Joss Whedon wasn't the one to take on Thanos. But uh, certain plot lines like that and then also the whole Natasha and Bruce thing, they don't – I don't mind (laughs) them getting – I don't mind them getting together. They just didn't have a whole lot of chemistry and they were written poorly. So it just didn't work. I think it could have, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's fair. I, that's something yeah. I completely forgot too. When I mentioned age of Ultron, that was another thing that got to me. I was like, that was one of the worst pairings that they could have came up with. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it is, it is enjoyable and that's what I, I can applaud it for that. So what is your number 14? We're moving on. We're almost halfway there. I know. 14 for me is Ant-Man. I enjoyed Ant-Man 1 a lot. It's one, For me, it is one of those movies. It's like, not only does it have a good story, the villains, meh. I mean, to be fair, a lot of, when we're in this area, a lot of the Marvel villains become meh at this point. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed Ant-Man, and I loved 
watching him really his character is another one of those things where it's a character driven movie and watching Scott's character change and become a hero and he's doing this for his daughter and you can really see that and that's what that theme is for me and there's that father daughter bond and eventually of course it's what brings him back out of that why am i the quantum ah, zone quantum i don't know why i just space i can't i can't think of it either wow but in the quantum realm quantum realm there you go yes and then (laughs) and then watching him come back from that and then this is another movie too where i actually love the effects and what and it's something yeah, that's fun to watch because yeah. watching him shrink down that's a hard power to put on screen because one that is a lot yeah. of cgi and two that's really hard to make look good so watching that happen was actually really fun to watch and it's one of those things where it's like you really took what this character's power is and made them and maximized it from a cinematography standpoint so i applauded them for that what's your yeah 15 right 15 14 14 we're on 14 my number 14 is also ant-man one. Oh, uh, nice that's the that's the first one we've had the exact same the same number same movie but yeah ant-man one that's my number 14 basically everything you said it uh when you it, when they were marketing this movie it was like a movie about ant-man really ant-man but it was solid it was great because i think the filmmakers knew that ant-man is kind of a ridiculous name and they even poke fun at it and i love that mm-hmm. and it is kind of a silly concept and they make it work and they know that it's a silly concept when they're making the movie and that is what makes it work uh is because they know that going in so yeah i would agree the villain weakest point of the movie for sure but the movie as a whole is pretty strong the dynamic between him being a father and also a criminal is really intriguing um i really really enjoy that but yeah, that's my number 14. Let's move on. What is your number 13? So 13, I clocked in at Doctor Strange. So for this one, it really was the visuals that really set me off. I was like, wow, that, that is the one thing, like first and foremost, that got to me. Yeah, Dormammu and Cacleus are horrible villains. But Cacleus? Ka- I, I don't know how to say that. I, that's how <laughs> immemorable he is. But I thought the story arc with the chosen, with uh, the ancient one, I almost said the chosen, the ancient one was really good because I didn't, I didn't see that one coming either. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. And then yeah, the, where she had yeah, yeah, and like that level of hypocrisy was interesting. And then of course with Doctor Strange himself, one Benedict Cumber- Cumberpatch killed it. That was a really great performance, especially having to imagine that he's doing a lot of that in a green box for that for that trippy sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was really good yeah. on his part. Yeah. But aside from that, there isn't much else that I have to say that you haven't already said about it. But the last thing is, yeah, his character progression towards uh, becoming Doctor Strange was really great. And I, I think one of my favorite lines in there that I get to use a lot just as a joke, it's not all about you. <laughs> while she's <laughs> dying i was like that's well, that's a great moment like for me i was like that's really that's a yeah. fun moment but that's where i'm yeah. at what's your 13 my number 13 is the avengers the first one um i like this movie it's <laughs> solid it it remains i love how comic booky it is it's very fun it's very colorful um it very much feels like a comic book brought to life on a screen and i really really applaud that um i think loki was one of the best he's the first great villain of the mcu i would say yeah a lot of that can be attributed to tom hiddleston just his performance is brilliant 
Uh, and I, I do, I really enjoy this movie. I think what sets it apart from every other movie, maybe other than Infinity War, uh, on this list is it's such a feat when you look at it in the history of cinema, it brought all these characters together for the first time. And that is amazing to watch. So yeah, that's my, my number 13. Let's move on. What is your number 12? All right. Number 12 for me is guardians of the galaxy one guardians. Okay. of Ga- I mean, I love guardians of the galaxy volume one. The only thing that really knocked it down for me was Ronin just because he's not the greatest yeah. villain there. And I think with the remaining movies we have, yeah, we have, we have for the most part, pretty good villains, except for maybe one of them. But yeah, I just thought that of course the soundtrack and the score are great. The, I think the script needs to be given a lot more credit for the way it balances all the characters and gives all the characters a strong progression without really doing too much or not enough for each of them. Yeah. And I think that's what's what's really hard about these team up movies, especially is just balancing all your characters. And for me, I think guardians was really one of those ones that just nailed it. The only thing they couldn't really nail is the villain, but that's where it clocks in for me. What about you? My number 12 is captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree with a lot that you said. I think there was a lot more potential in terms of cinematography and visuals to make this more epic than it was, but I do still enjoy it a lot. Um, I think it does have kind of a slow start, and like you said, this falls into the cinematography thing. It doesn't have much of an artistic style or a, or anything that sets it apart as unique from any of these movies um, or any movie, but... I do love the characters. I think all the characters were written really well, especially I really like Talos, uh, mm-hmm. Ben Mendelsohn's character. He is, obviously, he was a fan favorite. He's one of my favorites. Love him. I want to see him in so much more things. Um, <clears throat> but I would say, I wanted to say this. You were saying, and when you were talking about Captain Marvel, you said there's no point in the movie that marks like how she's changed, mm-hmm. right? That's what you said? Like, Not, no point in the movie that really... That really, like, puts the exclamation point on it, where it's just, like, wow. Like, you really... Like, for example, like... Uh, for me, it's, like, here's the one. From Far From Home, where it's just, like, where he, he finally uses his Peter Tingle, and you're just, like, yeah, that epic moment. Okay. For me, I, I yeah. just... I didn't feel that with so, Captain Marvel. I did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't... It's funny, I didn't feel it in Far From Home. But I did feel it in Captain Marvel, because the moment when she... When... When... Uh, what's his name? Jan Rog, Jude mm-hmm. Law's character, is like, prove to me that you can beat me without your powers and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I don't need to. I love that because she's been suppressed her entire life to not use her powers and, you know, basically held back. Yeah. And they only let her be like half of what she could be, you know? Yeah. And when she finally comes into her comes into herself and goes super cyan whatever and she uh like she realized she's like i don't i don't need to listen to you like what what why do i need to listen to you you know and i really like that moment where she's like there's there's no reason that you should be in charge of me like i have every right to use my powers and kick your butt you know and like knock you down because i don't need to prove to you i've done enough proving my entire life that I'm capable without my powers. Now I have these powers and I don't need to prove it to you. So I really, I love that moment. Um, but 
let's let's move on what's your number 11 so for the number 11 for me is the avengers uh okay. i mean yeah not much that you haven't already covered it's a great movie you know it's really yeah our first good villain in the mcu at, at least at that point and yeah loki kills it you know tom hiddleston did a great job but i think for me the i know it's gonna sound really picky Maybe it's just because it's dated, but for me, one thing that really just sets this one down here at this level is the costume design. Because, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, looking at something, yeah. I'm just like, oh man, like, a whole room of people got together and said, that looks great. And I was like, really? Especially Captain America. And then, and then they went to Endgame and they made fun of it. Like, they poke fun at all these these mistakes. Yeah. Like Thor The Dark World and Captain America's bad costume. Like, when they go back and... I, I'm talking about Endgame, different movie, but I love that in Endgame, how they, they're so self-aware. I know, it's like, oh, we can make fun of it. He's like, yeah, that suit did not do you justice, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for, for me, sure. it was like, how'd you go from, you know, the first Avenger to that? I was like, oh, man. But aside from that, yeah. it's really good. I mean, it's one of those movies where it keeps you going from start to finish, and every moment leading up into the final act, you're just like, holy crap, like, what's going to happen next? Especially when he's gathering the team up, and then... The, it should be noted that is another one of the best fight scenes there between Iron Man, sure. you know, Thor and Captain. But that's where I'm at, number yeah. 11. So my number 11 is Iron Man 3. I really like this movie. I am one of this movie's Wow, uh, yeah. Only, I did not see it. I mean. I, I love it. I love the way it deals with anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder. I haven't seen that in any other superhero movie mm -hmm. i haven't seen that dealt with the way that it deals with it in this movie and i love it i love it so much um obviously the mandarin like you said it was a little bit of a meh you know and it lets you down yeah it's a gut punch <laughs> for me man. for me i like it i think it's genius i and i also like that the real mandarin is still out there in the mcu uh shout out shang chi but uh, we're gonna <laughs> I in this movie I really like this movie and I like the twist I think it's a really really smart twist because it it is it it, it defies your expectations but it's been there all along with the whole the whole other other storyline with Aldrich Killian uh, but I another thing like the thing that I love about it is the way that it deals with Tony's anxiety mm -hmm. and PTSD I love that so much um it's very very grounded and i like it for that let's move on number 10 oh here we go the top 10 the top the top 10 we're here all right number 10 thor ragnarok you okay know, when i first watched Me this too. movie i hated it <laughs> like yeah yeah when i watched it in theaters i hated it i mean the visuals and the sound design gave me a headache and i was like i want to leave and then I was, and then I was finally like, you know what? I should rewatch it. You know, maybe I just wasn't in the mood. So I watched it on Netflix and it's weird. I enjoyed it so much. I was like, damn, this is a really good movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hela is great. I love Thor's character arc in this one. I mean, they finally gave Thor a really great character arc and especially his relationship with Loki throughout the movie. I love that it's back and forth. And then I thought Valkyrie had a really good character too. I thought that her backstory was really tragic of course so for her to come back another and that's another one dealing with you know running away from your problems and coming back and fixing it and then i think the biggest thing for me too was thor 
at the end realizing you know about being a king and everything it's not about the place it's about the people and for me it was just that was a really powerful moment when he decided i'm going to destroy asgard just because i mean that's like it been his entire objective the entire the the entire time you know is to save asgard through three movies it's to be the king is to always protect it but yep yeah I like that Asgard is a people, not a place thing. I really like that a lot. And it's at your number um, 10 too, right? It is my number 10. Uh, basically everything you said. My only issue that I could have with this movie, I think it's one one fault, is that uh, sometimes they joke a little bit too much, yeah. but hardly at all. There are only a couple moments that it does that. Whereas movies, in my opinion... Movies mm-hmm. like Far From Home and Ant-Man and the Wasp, they do that way too much uh, mm-hmm. for me, for my taste. Ragnarok uh, Ragnarok does it really well, and they implement humor in the right way for the most part. Uh, and it's really funny. This is, this is a great movie to sit down and watch with your friends if you need something to watch. Like, that's very true. That, I, that is, I've watched this movie, like, that's kind of my go-to whenever people are like what movie should we watch i'm like thor ragnarok trust me and and it's so funny and it's everybody loves it so uh yeah i think it could have been better if it was a little bit of a longer runtime movie is only about an hour and 40 minutes so it is pretty short Mm -hmm. but um it didn't it didn't need that for sure so moving on what's your number nine it's a number nine spider-man far from home (laughs) i mean we talked about it all last week, but for all I'm going to say is, yeah, I thought this was a really big stepping stone for his character. And I think really seeing Peter come in as his own was the best part of the movie, of course. And on top of that, with a great villain. So not much to say there, but it's number nine for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that you put it at number nine and I put it at number 18. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, my number nine is Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Uh this really is the first film of its kind, in my in my opinion, mm-hmm. that that I've seen. I mean, I may not be super well versed in like movies that came out before I was born, but I think the 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 blending of a space comedy with this music from James Gunn's own childhood mm-hmm. and the way he pulled it off is just like it's brilliant, and that's what makes it so timeless. Ronan is a really bad villain, but everything else in the movie is spectacular. Something that I love about both of these Guardians films is Rocket Raccoon's CGI. I don't think it gets enough credit. You talked about the character arcs. I do agree. All the Guardians have wonderful arcs. They all change from the beginning to the end, and I love that. But Rocket's CGI, specifically, just the look of him. The way that they make this raccoon be able to evoke human emotion mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah, that's how like, I felt about Groot. <laughs> yeah, Groot too. Both of them. Like Groot's a tree and Rocket is a raccoon. And both of them, you can see when they're crying, when they're sad, when they're angry. You see it in their eyes. And, and it's just, it's brilliant CGI. And I don't think Rocket gets enough credit or Groot um, in either of these movies for sure. But... Let's move on. What is your number eight? So number eight for me is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. For me, it's basically take everything you love about Guardians 1 and then add a really good villain. And boom, you Mm -hmm. have Guardians 2. I mean, I I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, the conflict between him and Ego, 
I was like, wow, that that's horrible. You finally find your dad. Yeah. And he wants to murder everybody. Is <laughs> it? And he killed your mom. I know. I was just like, oh that my god. That twist. That twist is shocking. And then jaw dropping. And then to finally see Peter really like embrace his power at the end in that fight scene. That was another CGI amazing fight scene. But yeah, to see him for finally him to embrace it. Yeah, and then give it up. Because you know, for Quill, he's just been this almost like a comic relief, like leader for the most part. And then in Guardians One, it was about the team. But this one is really about him. And to see him really get serious and yeah. have that moment for me was just huge. And I thought that was great writing. Chris Pratt Chris Pratt really showed his range yes. in that movie. Like, up until then, he'd really been just comedy. There are a couple moments in Guardians 1, but for the most part, he's just a comedy actor, period. And he really showed how dramatic he can be and how good he can be at that drama in Volume 2, I oh, think. Oh, definitely. But what is your number yeah. eight? We're on. Yeah. My yeah. number eight is. Yeah, you're correct. I had to check. I thought you had it wrong. <laughs> my number eight is Iron Man one. Uh, this, this movie holds up so much better than you would think it is. You would think it does. I think this movie is the reason that we have the MCU. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just obviously, obviously it's the reason we have the MCU because it was the first one. Yes. But beyond that, because of how good it is, that is what kept people interested in the MCU. And because of Robert Downey Jr. and his his performance and his take, because of all the things that this movie brought to the table, people became invested And up until the Avengers in 2012. And after that, you know, that I think people came to see the Avengers because of the draw that started with Iron Man 1. And after the Avengers... It just skyrocketed from there, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I love this movie. CGI still holds up, like we said. Um, Robert Downey Jr., maybe the most perfect casting you could find for a character. Brilliant. Um, I would say, and a lot of people forget, Obadiah Stone, the mm-hmm. villain. Yeah, um, Jeff Bridges. He, I would say he was a really good villain. I'd I say think, they had I a good so. villain, and then... They had a really good villain, and then they just had, like, lackluster villains for a long time. With It was just him and Loki for the longest time. But, yeah, I, I, I like this movie a lot. So, let's move on. What is your number seven? So, here's where I was going to get a little dicey. Number seven for me is actually Avengers Endgame. What? Okay. For, for me, it's just a lot of it, I feel like, is a lot of hype, and a lot of it is great. You know, a lot of it... You have a lot of great moments like Cap wielding Thor's hammer, all the time travel, the scene with Natasha jumping off the cliff. All right, those are great moments. But for me, it takes so long in between some of these moments. I'm just like, this movie didn't have to be three hours long. I felt that. Yeah. And I actually like I, I, Cap's decision at the end to go back. I I love that for, for his character. But the yeah. watching him in the past you know going to peggy's office and everything that took a while and then tony having to talk to his dad and even though it felt like we had already gotten closure on this on that part of tony's story i didn't know like why we had to get more of it it was just like why why are we doing this this is another like 30 minutes that we could have shaved off or could have done some more of but for me that's the only thing with it it's just some of the moments are really spread apart and there are some things in there that don't have to be there like those two. And then the other one, 
here's one of the all i'm gonna say about this shot is that i don't hate it and i don't wish they would have cut it i just don't think that it's necessary as the a4 shot just because yeah i mean it doesn't really need to be there that's the only thing it kind of just adds more fan service and like i said that's not a bad thing it's just it does add more time to your movie so for me that's where it stands is at number seven (laughs) what is your number seven my number seven is avengers infinity war i love this movie this i'll never forget okay you know the first time i watched this movie you you don't like that it's number seven for me no seven i'll 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 explain i'll I'll explain yeah i think it's great i think every movie from here on up i think this is for me the top seven movies this is when it hits that tier of great oh yeah definitely for me it was at the Um, top 10 but yeah 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 so this movie and every movie beyond it uh for me is is on another level my issue with it uh is the third act is a bit of a it's kind of a punch fest you know Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of action and it's a lot of characters and it's almost too much sometimes but that is my only issue with it. That's the only thing that kind of kind of pulls it back for me. Gotcha. One thing I love about this movie is that Thanos is the main character from a story perspective. Yes. He has the most screen time and the way they portray him is he's on this quest and the the heroes are very defensive whereas in most movies the heroes are on the quest and the villain is defensive, you know. And I really really love that about this movie is is how they Thanos is the main character. Yes. And that's brilliant. It's a classic. And they go on and they pull it off. They pull it off so well because it's a heist film. I mean, he's got to get these stones and, and he does. So it's just more epic than any other heist film ever. But yeah, that's my number seven. What is your number six? Number six for me is captain America civil war. So I don't know why i feel like this movie gets hated a lot for its lack of cinematography and i was like really i'm like first of all it makes sense for them to be in an airport okay like that's the scene that i see get a lot of crap so then for me for what they did especially the action choreography in the airport i was like oh that was really good and for me it doesn't take me out of the movie at all if anything it makes me a lot more hyped and i know that it doesn't compare to the comic book civil war but of course, it's still an epic shot to see them really about to fight each other for the first time. And yeah. I just felt like this is one of those movies where it's like you don't have a villain minus Zemo, you know, minus him, you know, but you don't really have a really true villain because it's really about Cap versus yeah. Iron there's Man. No, there's no good guy, bad guy. Yeah. And it's like you could really agree with either side. And it just so happened that in this one case scenario that captain america was right you know like we we needed this is why our powers are best in our own hands but still you could still make a case for iron man's side and i feel like that's what it's all about is that conflict there and especially to see them fight it out at the end and then this one thing like this kryptonite for captain america is bucky you know and for for him to see that he's willing to turn his back on the avengers for for him you know that was a heartbreaking thing for me to see them break up and then the only thing i will say about this one though is there's a is that line where he 
he's like, I'm sorry, Tony. He's my friend. And then Tony's like, so was I. Sometimes I'm just like, you weren't really friends. You're kind of co-workers, but you're not really, like, at no point were you guys ever... You don't like that line? It's not that I don't like it. I mean, it fits the, you know, like, fits it. the story. But at the same time, I'm like, you're not really friends, though. You guys kind of hate each other and disagree on everything. Yeah. I I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, but sure. aside from that, it's really great. And especially, yeah. that's another one where they balance all the characters that they have to handle. And introducing Black yeah. Panther and everything. Yeah, that's that's a great one. But what is your number six? And Spider-Man. They get... They introduced Black Panther and Spider Man, and they both they both they pulled off both of those characters exactly uh, really well. Actually, those are two of my, you know, my favorite incarnations of those characters is that specific movie. I love the way they handle Spider Man in that movie. Speaking of Spider Man, my number six is Spider Man Far From Home. What a nice transition! Uh, <laughs> wait, do you mean Spider Man Homecoming or? No, Homecoming, Homecoming. homecoming. I was like, wait, what? I'm so sorry. <laughs> ba- I ruined my nice transition because I got the I got the song I got the. I got the title wrong, mm-hmm. but that's my number six <laughs> Spider-Man homecoming. Uh, I love this movie a lot. Um, I think they nailed it. I think Vulture is just chilling to the bone as a villain. Mm-hmm. He's unbelievable. That's an edge that homecoming had over far from home in my opinion. And that Vulture had over Mysterio in my opinion. I, I love uh, I love Vulture so much. He's very, very terrifying. I love his connection to Peter through Liz. Um, I love that. We talked a little bit about this movie last week, so I won't say much more. But yeah, this uh, this movie is solid, and it's really, it's really good. Uh, moving on, top five. Oh, here what is go. your number five? Number five for me is Iron Man. The original Iron Man is just so good because one, it's really timeless. Two, I feel like there's never really a dull or slow moment. And if there is a slower moment, there's a reason it's there. You know, like watching Tony be upset in his basement while he sees all the things going on in the world that he knows he can fix as Iron Man, you know, just leads to him going to go fix it himself. You know, those are... And then I feel like this is also one of the... It's rare for it to be in a Marvel movie where they handle both comedy and seriousness really well. Kind of like our thing with Thor Ragnarok, you know, it's just that there are a couple times where they could have been a little more serious with Iron Man. I felt like that was like the bar. That was the perfect combination of, Oh, it's, we have a, a couple moments to laugh here, but we also have it to be really serious. And of course it was taking out the fact of its legacy and that it started minus all that, just as a movie, the way of course, Iron Man's character progresses is great. And I think the acting from Jeff Bridges really gets me it's almost chilling especially when you're there in the reactor room and he's like i can't build he's like tony stark built this in a cave i was like oh my god i was like i'm low-key kind of scared but i think he doesn't get enough credit as a villain but uh, not at all yeah you've said a lot about iron man but that's where it falls for me is number five what about you it's five my number five is captain america the winter soldier uh this was the Russo brothers first film in the MCU and Mm -hmm. they killed it. I mean, I, and I, I obviously all of their movies for me are in my top seven, which is really high praise in, in such a, such a good group of movies that is the MCU. Mm -hmm. So I, I love this movie, the political thriller. It's really good. Um, the villain is awesome. I love, you know, the the whole 
uh, mystique of the Winter Soldier, you mm-hmm. know, how you don't know who he is. And then when you find out, you're like, oh, my God. Uh, and then the whole twist with S.H.I.E.L.D. being bad the whole time. And then the final fight between uh, between Cap and Bucky. Um, this movie, for me, is the first movie that I would be very confident in saying it's 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. And only this one and the the four above it in the MCU are that hit reach that 10 out of 10 for me. But yeah, I love, I love, love, love the winter soldier. Great movie. What is your number four? Number four for me is Spider-Man homecoming. I think for me, it was such a different take on the origin of Spider-Man. I know we saw his somewhat sort of origin in civil war. Like at least his MCU origin, I think is the best way to go about it. But we talked about it last week, how it's like, oh, I wish I could have saw Uncle Ben. Of course, I still stand by that. But a part of me, too, is just like, this is a their, the MCU's take on Spider-Man. And it is a big departure, for the most part, from, you know, the original character. And that we've seen in other movies. But I just think, one, the script is really good. And Tom Holland kills it as Spider-Man. And two, yeah, Vulture is probably the third best villain in the MCU maybe in at least top five but i think a big part of this movie that strikes me as why it's number four is how relatable it is for everybody because vulture is relatable spider-man's relatable and i think they take those they take that relatability to an extreme in this movie so it's it feels like it hits right at home no pun intended but (laughs) that's fine that's where it comes in at number four yeah my number four is uh captain america civil war i love this movie some people don't like it uh like you said uh i agree with just about everything you said except for the the so was i line i really like that line but everything else you said about the airport about all that stuff um black panther and spider-man's introductions i love them both um so yeah i think this movie is great this is also another 10 out of 10 from the russo brothers um i think that they handled the balance of characters really well mm-hmm. and that's kind of why they got the job to direct infinity war and endgame especially infinity war you have to balance all these characters and they did it pretty well in infinity war but they did it really well in civil war i think um and i think robert downey jr's performance in this movie is maybe his very best performance in a marvel movie because I just that when when he sees that Bucky is the one that killed his parents. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just your reaction just now, of me just reminding you of that moment. I mean, good Lord! Like that, it's so grounded and so raw. Like the emotion that hits you, and I love when that happens in movies that you just you just feel it, and it hurts you to see it. You know? Yeah. And when Steve Steve like he knew all along and stuff but he didn't want to tell him wow just wow yeah when he's like it's even in the in the final fight scene when uh obviously captain america beats him in the final fight scene but the whole time anytime they anytime that tony has any lines or if they show his face in the mask it's it's brilliant brilliant acting it's so good his performance is amazing and that final line where he's like, that shield doesn't belong to you. My father made it or whatever. Yeah. And then Cap just drops the shield. Such a powerful moment because of the line deliverance by 
RDJ is just great. And then it's such a powerful moment for Cap's character because he, you know, he's like, I don't need this. Yeah. Fine. Take it. I don't care. Like, I just want, I just want Bucky, you know? The only other thing on that one too is after they find out and everything and they're in the room and then he's just like, Tony, you know, it wasn't his fault. And Tony's just like, I don't care. He killed my mom. I was like, oh God, yeah. it's going down. Yeah. Like for that, me, it's just that like, hurts, man. That hurts. It's like, I don't, it's like, I don't care if it's not his fault. Yeah. And, and I will say last thing before we move on to your number three, I love Baron Zemo in this movie. A lot of people didn't like him because he wasn't true to the comics, but personally I don't care because the way that they brought him in and had him be this grand architect mm-hmm. behind all of it to pit the Avengers against themselves. I love the way they did that. They nailed it. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're number three. I definitely flip back and forth on Zemo, but I'm always sort of leaning towards, you know what? He makes sense. So at least I may not, whether I like him or not, at least he makes sense. But for me, number three is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Man. Okay. <laughs> the Winter Soldier was amazing. I felt like for me, this was like the dark night for the MCU. It was, I can't say it just because the last two for me are like, wow. But for me, it was that Captain America, the Winter Soldier was it was really in a way dark, you know? And it was that, yeah, that like political drama and that one, the, what do you call it? The fight choreography in this movie is amazing. The elevator scene, yeah. his fight with Bucky on the freeway, oh, yeah. his last fight with Absolutely. Bucky. I mean, all of it was yeah. great. And then of course, introducing Falcon. That was, a, that was really fun. And then I love that. Sure. I love the chemistry that uh, Captain America has with Black Widow. I mean, I love that it's not a romantic chemistry, but they have a really good chemistry on screen that you're bouncing off yeah, each other as, as yeah. work partners. Like he's the boy scout, you know, and she's like the bad influence sort of. And yeah. I enjoy that their performances in this one. Of course, the one thing that steals the show is the emotional struggle with Bucky, you know, because of course this guy is really, and he's evil, but it's not really his fault, but that's his best friend. And of course he's trying to save the world. What do you do in that scenario? And especially for him to, at the end, to say I'm with he's like I'm not gonna kill you he's like because I'm with you till the end of the line I was like man that's that's one of the, the most perfectly placed lines I've seen and yeah yeah I mean there aren't enough good things to say about the Winter Soldier for sure well what is your number three my number three is Black Panther mm-hmm. um the only MCU movie to be nominated for Best Picture uh totally deserved it. I love this movie. I think one of the comparisons I like to make is Wakanda and Asgard. Mm-hmm. When you look at Asgard as a place in those first two Thor movies, they you can tell they wanted to make it very entrancing and very much like you're wrapped into this setting mm-hmm. and the setting itself can kind of become a character. Yeah. Uh, in the best, I think in the best, uh, some of the best movies, that or even tv shows when you look at stranger things seasons one and two Mm -hmm. uh the upside down kind of becomes its own character like there's something about it that there's just an extra layer to it and it's it's very well developed to where you feel like it's its own character and the the setting's very entrancing in that sense i think they wanted that with asgard Mm -hmm. but they didn't get it and so that's why in thor ragnarok most of it's not in asgard and then they end up just destroying in all in all And Black Panther, they nailed it. I mean, Wakanda feels so awesome. Like, you just want to go there. 
Like it just feels so cool. And the whole time it's very, it's enthralling because the whole time that they're in Wakanda and when they go, they like fly through the mountain and it, you, it opens up to, you know, Wakanda for the first time. And you're like, wow, this is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And they really do a great job at immersing you in that culture and creating this world. And I think they, they nailed it with that. Um, Killmonger is awesome. Oh, maybe yeah. the best. I don't want to say the best villain, but I think he has the best motivation of any villain I've ever seen because he ends up, he was right. He was just going about it the wrong way, you know? So I love that. Um, the score is brilliant. The characters are brilliant. It's a great movie. Yeah. That's my number three. What is your number two? Number two is Black Panther for me. So this is perfect. Okay. But on top of all things you said, yeah, Killmonger is in that club of, he has a point though. He might be going about it the wrong way, but he has a point. And it's not even just that for me. Yeah, the course of score is amazing. The script is amazing. The only knock I have on this movie is that one fight scene between him, between Black Panther and Killmonger where it looks like it, it hadn't finished rendering yet. But aside, yeah. fr- aside yeah. from that part, the cinematography in this movie is amazing. I mean, from that opening shot of like this, like the dust thing, like falling and then the car chase scene for me that was really great and then anything that takes place in that like astral plane that they go to that spiritual yeah, world yeah it's beautiful it, yeah i was just so mesmerized throughout the entire movie and then the way that the suit looks on him and then that shot of him coming back to fight killmonger and he's like i have di- yeah. i didn't yield and i'm not dead i thought that was really epic and for me it's pretty much I don't know. There's just something about this movie that it hits all the things that you want out of a good movie. And that's why for me, it's just, it has to be number two. And especially because Michael B. Jordan too, that I think that's one thing, his performance as Killmonger, not only is Killmonger written really well, but I love Michael B. Jordan as an actor and seeing his performance there was extra. I mean, that was just icing on the cake, but for sure. I think the last thing I have to say about it, the, my favorite moment from that one is, is this your king? That's when I was just like, damn, <laughs> is this your king? I yeah. was like, ooh, yeah. he got you. Yeah, and he's dead. He didn't die. Well, he <laughs> did die, actually. They brought him back. Yeah. Anyways, um, my number two is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I love this movie so much. Um, I If I ever have a bad day or if I'm just feeling sad or depressed or lonely, I watch this movie because it makes me feel good. It's such a good, it's such a feel good movie and it's such a good movie too. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's why I chimed in so much whenever you brought it up because I could talk about it forever. Um, I really, really, really do love it. And uh, the cinematography is beautiful. The visual effects, they're groundbreaking. It, like you said, it takes everything from guardians volume one, makes it a little bit better and then adds a great villain in ego. I love ego. The twist that he killed Peter's mom, that personal connection they have, it's very, very awesome. Like I said, the scene where uh, the scene where Peter uses his powers that he's like wanted his whole life, like he gets these awesome powers, and knowing Peter, he's like a little kid, so it's gotta be his dream come true, you know, mm-hmm. to have those awesome powers, and then he has to use them to kill his own father and knowingly give up those powers so it's i love i love that moment and 
I love Yondu's sacrifice. It's it's very oh, man. very heart wrenching. Yeah, that was because heartbreaking. It was it, Yondu was Peter's dad the whole time, and and they weren't biological, but Yondu brought him up. That was and daddy. Made him who he is, you know. And yeah, I uh, I I love love that movie and everything about it. I one thing, the last thing I'll say. The scene with Yondu and Rocket when Rocket is yelling at Yondu and Yondu's like, I know who you are because you're me, that that gets you. Because they are. They have very similar upbringings. And they're very they're both very broken characters. That's what these Guardians films are about, is broken characters finding a family and becoming whole through that. So I uh, yeah, that's my number two. I absolutely I I could talk about it for the entire hour uh, <laughs> if I if I wanted, but number one, what is your number one movie? Of course, in the MCU, the only one left, Avengers: Infinity War. Oh man, for me, it's just that this movie really gets you going from minute one to the end credits. I mean, there is yeah. no break in here. I mean, this movie is just—it's so tightly written for like a three-hour movie that you just can't help but take your eye you can't look away and then for me too it's like what you said earlier about it thanos is probably the ultimate villain because he has a point he's going about it the wrong way but he has a point and this movie really was a a movie about a villain who wins yeah and that's like the thing that we never get to see you know growing up it's you ask yourself how come no one ever makes a movie where the villain wins well here it is and I think yeah. for me too, it's, it's a very interesting concept. Yeah. And I thought that it was amazing that Thanos was so well written too, just because his motivation, I felt like really just made sense because it was like an emotional trauma for him. And, you know, it, it's really felt like he really doesn't see himself as doing something wrong. And that's what makes him so interesting is because he truly believes that what he's doing is the right move. And of course the heroes in a way, are the antagonists of this movie because they're trying to stop him from doing whatever he believes is going to improve the world, you know? And I just felt that infinity war was really the culmination of the MCU. I know Endgame was the end, but infinity war really just felt like everything led up to this because for me, at least seeing how everyone fails and seeing how everyone falls before you finally get your, your resolution is a lot more, I guess interesting and is a lot more fun to watch than just watching the end because oh man I mean yeah I could talk about Infinity War for hours but yeah all I'll say is yeah it's for me it's a 10 out of 10 and I think that script and the way that movie is done at least for me deserves to be a lot more recognized than maybe a movie like Black Panther where I didn't agree you know that it got nominated for best picture like I love Black Panther obviously but I felt mm-hmm. like if there was going to be a script, at least that should have been nominated for best picture. It should have been infinity war. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my number one is Avengers Endgame. This is a lot of people's number one, but I think for good reason, in my opinion, um, I think not only is it the best MCU film, I'd say it's the greatest comic book movie of all time. And a lot of that goes into you know the the main the main uh what is the word the, what is the word the main complaint with this movie is that it's a little too slow in the beginning mm-hmm. and i i i i understand that complaint it is slow 
I think it is. I think it's slow in the beginning. The first two acts, honestly, are pretty slow. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they're slow in a bad way. I I really like the character driven moments, and of course the third act, maybe the best third act we've ever gotten in a movie. Um, it's definitely up there for me. It is the best. Um, but that third act is so emotional for you and just such a, such a, it's so raw, like it, it, not raw, but it brings out emotions that for me, I didn't know that I could feel so much in a movie, you know, when everyone comes back, I mean, chills still, I'll still cry whenever they come back through the portals. I've seen this movie five times in theaters. I cried every single time. I cried in the credits of this movie when the original six names showed up for the original six Avengers. When their names showed up in the credits, I started crying because they each got their own screen. I didn't know I cared so much about the MCU and about these characters until this movie. And it brought so much out of me that I didn't know I had. And I don't think it would have brought that out of me if it didn't have the slow character driven first and second act. I think because of the beginning of this movie, because of the way it builds up and because of the way you really see the effects that the snap had on all these characters who survived because you see everything, like how much of a toll it's taken on them. It's very rewarding in the third act. And it makes that, it makes that third act great for me because you know how much they went through and you know, just how important it is and you know how huge the stakes are um so yeah i could talk about this movie forever um but i love it i think (laughs) i I, a thing i like to say about this movie is it has no right and i could say the same about infinity war with infinity war perhaps even had more to accomplish but i'd say this movie has no right being as good as it is given how many things it had to accomplish because there's just so many things you have to wrap up in a movie like Endgame. And then with Infinity War, there's so many characters you have to bring in because in Infinity War, all the characters are alive. So you have all these threads and all these characters that you have to work with. And both of those movies are so much better than they should be on paper, you know? Oh, yeah. When you I mean, that... think about the achievement that they were going for with both of those movies, it that... sh- it's near impossible to attain yeah it's, it's like such that's a, a lot that a you could potentially mess cinema. up yeah it's such a it's such a it's such a feat that's all i can say about it it's a it's a really just a grand feat so uh that being said that had this has been our rankings on uh the entire mcu sorry we went a little bit over time this has been a a bit of a long episode but uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for listening the whole time. If you did, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, my name is uh, Preston Seymour, uh, and Raymond is at Arvinia R V I N Y A H on Twitter. We also uh, work a, a website called the Cinema Spot. You can reach that at thecinemaspot.com or at the Cinema Spot on Twitter. Uh, final thoughts on this episode, Raymond? Before we before we close man don't sleep on spider-man far from home like preston here (laughs) i promise you Uh, it is at least the ninth best movie in this franchise (laughs) i'll say it's at least the 18th best movie in this franchise and i hope and i hope that you like it more than i did if you're listening if you haven't seen it yet so 
go see Spider-Man Far From Home. Next week, we are going to be talking about The Lion King uh, and maybe some other mo- some other news that comes out. But The Lion King is the big release uh, next week. It is my most anticipated movie of the year, including Endgame, Rise of Skywalker, Toy Story 4, Frozen 2, all these other massive Disney movies. Uh, Lion hyped. King's my number one. I'm, I'm the most hyped for this movie. I bought tickets the day they dropped. So excited. That's what we're going to be talking about next week. So make sure you tune in next Monday. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, as well as YouTube. Uh, if you've listened and you like this, make sure that you leave us a like, a heart, a five-star rating, whatever quantifies as a like on whatever service you're listening on. That really helps us out, and we appreciate your reviews. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope to see you next week when we talk about The Lion King. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming out and listening. See you next week. <laughs> See you then.